It's good, everybody. Welcome to The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. We are, in fact, streaming on Twitter and YouTube. RJ, as you asked me just before I hit record, we are part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. He is RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. What's up, RJ? Rob Guerrero. So close to two great initials. RG, not quite there. You know, RJ is what we were looking for. It's great to be with you. Great to be in your presence. Great to see your face. Great to hear your voice. Um, just great to know you. Honestly, you um, you make my life better by being in it. And so I just wanted to say that to you here today. Like you always start off the show with a nice compliment like that. I don't know if you're trying to like get me to go easier on you or what your whole plan is there, but I see through it. I don't have any act to see through. I mean, I'm just uh-huh. my authentic self. And, you know, if you uh, if you appreciate that, then great. If you don't, then, hey, that's great, too. You know, we're all people uh, hanging out here on the Big Blue Marble just trying to get by. And um, if I can make your life better, I want to. If I can't, well, hey, you know what? I'll try a little bit harder tomorrow. Yeah, okay. Uh, thanks, Russell Wilson. <laughs> Well, we want to remind you before we get started here, we are brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. And by the way, you can use that promo code even if you don't want to make an NFL bet. You'll still get the special offer. So if you want to bet on the NBA Finals or anything else happening, maybe some golf or something, use that code. You still get the special offer. I know, RJ, you're very into all golf at all times. Uh, it's a fascinating, to say the least, uh, time in the world of professional golf. But that's not what we're here to discuss, Stats. True. Although, if anybody wants to, they can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa. Stats is on Twitter and Instagram at Stats on Fire. His stats, or statistics, rather, are never not on fire. They're never on ice. Uh, Stats nope. doesn't take take a drink on the rocks. It's He wants it on a bed of coals. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but anyway... Um, so, uh, <laughs> stats, I'm going to be honest with you. My back hurts. Um, you know, BLG, uh, the incomparable Brandon Lee Godden, um, you know, took a dig at me on the NFC East mixtape this week, which is a podcast people can listen to on any of our NFC East, uh, blog podcast networks, um, uh, because he's kind of been coming up with the subject material for the last couple of NFC East mixtape episodes. Uh, by the way, we already have one in the can, uh, for those, uh, of you who are NFC East fans. Although, um, if you've seen us all tweeting about stuff, uh, we don't know if that episode will come out next week. Um, so, you know, a little bit of TBD situation kind of peek behind the curtain, but anyway, stats in a similar vein my back is hurting because i'm coming up with all the subject material for the look ahead as of late um i'm carrying you basically is, is what I'm, I'm trying to say and now the listeners are starting to carry you and carry us um i came up with an idea and we're going to springboard into that but in order to do that we have to read through the latest reviews that we have we have three that we're going to go through a reminder to everybody to subscribe to the SB Nation nfl show wherever you get your podcast leave a rating write a review and if you leave a review we will read it are you ready for me to do so in my beautiful baritone voice stats yes go ahead the first one comes to us from this nickname is also taken to the number two not taken to the movie, but that's the whole name. Uh, five star review. Uh, it's titled proof that they will read your review. Yeah, there's it's like written that way. What's going on, everybody? In my best Jimmy Kemsky voice who people can hear on BGN radio. First off, I got to start by pledging my allegiance to Bleeding Green Nation. Y'all are always killing it. Got a question for you all at the SB Nation NFL show. If you could bring back a player from any era that played for your team for this upcoming season, who would it be? And why? Uh, they did add stats. I mentioned that I hadn't seen Goodfellas after Ray Liotta's tragic passing. It says also RJ. I'm assuming if you haven't watched Goodfellas, you haven't watched Casino. Definitely an all-time great mob movie. Give it a shot. Keep up the good work, everyone. And thank you for keeping me sane on my way to and from work. Uh, so who is your answer, Stats? Ooh, that is a tough one. It's hard not to go with Jerry Rice. Uh, just 
considering his absolute, complete, and utter dominance. Yeah, so but Jimmy Garoppolo would overthrow him all the time. So, I mean, well, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be the quarterback. <laughs> so, I don't have to worry about that. Actually, you know what? I, I take it back. I go Steve Young because mm. I think if Steve Young was playing today, he would be unbelievable with read option and quarterback runs and stuff like that. I'll go Steve Young. You could just trade for Taysom Hill. Uh, but anyway, uh, my answer is um, is somebody who was eligible for your team as well, Stats. Um, does that give you a clue as far as who I'm going? Charles Haley? Incorrect. Neon Dion. Prime time. Uh, That's always the answer um, whenever this question pops up, I think. You could take away half the field on defense. Like, you think Jalen Ramsey's good? I mean, no disrespect intended to Jalen Ramsey, but he does not hold a candle to um, the other Florida State Seminole uh, in Dion Sanders. Bring me Dion um, and let's party. That's how I feel. That's totally fair. Everybody knows the best, best version of Deion Sanders played for the 1994 49ers when he won defensive player of yeah, the when year. He, um, when he basically assaulted Michael Irvin. Um, in the defensive the player mm-hmm. of anyway, the year. Uh, next one comes to us from Jay Domico AM. Um, I hope I read that correctly. Uh, five-star rating. It's titled Accountability. Here we go. Always a great podcast, but I was especially pleased to hear Rob and OJ. I read that because my feelings are hurt. You know, whatever. Just RJ, man. Uh, Robin, Robin, RJ calling out Winston, the Browns, and the money first old boys club culture of the NFL. As they stated, Kaepernick gets blacklisted for exercising his First Amendment rights, while Winston can sexually assault slash harass countless women and gets a huge contract regardless. Thank you for making a stand. I believe Jay Damico AM meant Watson, talking about Deshaun Watson and all of the accusations swirling around him and his current moment. Yes, I would agree. Uh, Deshaun Watson should never be allowed to play another snap of football in the National Football League ever again. Ever again. And I'm not afraid to say it. Uh, It's just a fact. And the fact that he got a... $230 $230 million contract that is fully guaranteed is absolutely absurd, ridiculous, and disgusting. There are so many layers of ridiculousness and disgustingness to this whole story. Um, and I don't mean to say, like, this is the most egregious because it's very difficult to properly contextualize them all. Um, but one that just – I find this amazing, like, whenever people do this in, in just, like, general walks of life, like bosses in corporate America for, like, you know, not crimes or things like that. But when people do something and, and just, like, expect nobody to, like, notice or react, you know? And so, like, in this case, it's like, you know – like the Cleveland Browns clearly did not do the level of, you know, investigative work that they said they did. That's what I'm saying. Like, so like, what did they expect? Like, you know, when, when they sat down, they said, okay, we're going to do this. There's going to be some public fallout. You know, what, what if somebody, you know, like what, like, did they not consider this, this hypothetical that, that Jenny Varentis, you know, in the New York times would do this incredible assessment and, uh, yeah, and, you know, bit of investigative, I say bit, I mean, it was a massive, you know, amount of investigative journalism. I mean, like, did they not anticipate, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how, how could you misread the, just the process this badly? It's, you know, very, very, very strange. Even if you were only trying to ascertain what you might have to deal with if you were going to trade for Deshaun Watson. You would think that the Browns would have investigated just to know what was coming, just to know what they were dealing with. But apparently they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. And here's the part that pisses me off the most, RJ, is that we all knew what they were going to say in the press conference. We all knew that their quote-unquote investigation, quote-unquote due diligence, whatever term you want to use, we all knew it was bull. We all knew they didn't do anything because they didn't want to know because they didn't care. They just wanted a guy that can throw a football really well. And that's what bugs me so much about this is that we all just went along with it. I mean, there was some criticism, but then we just kind of got over it and moved on to the next thing. And we got there has to be a point where we don't do that with a story. There has to be a point. And if this isn't the point 
with what are we up to now? 24 civil cases. Where is that point? I mean, I'm I'm with you 100%. And like I said, I I'm just I, like I think people you, you use the word amazed and sometimes there's like a positive connotation to that. Like I'm not in any way like positively amazed by this, but like I am just in the literal definition of the word amazed. Uh, we talked about this on, on the mixtape this week, the literal definition of the word underrated. I am amazed at the way Deshaun Watson has acted. You know what I mean? Like, like he has truly walked and talked like he is this victim. You know, and, and again, right. like, like, did you not expect, you know, like, again, just like, like when you, when you thought about it logically, like, did you not expect that, like, you know, the receipts would be found, so to speak, you know, like, how could you, how could you write those kind of checks? I, I mean, those are, I know those are weird expressions, but that's what he did. Like he walked and talked and, and, you know, Adam Schefter's tweet about how, you know, Deshaun Watson welcomed an investigation because he, he knew the truth would, would shine out. Right. Like that tweet is still up. Like, how did Gross. how can I like I don't know how any of these people can like you know be cool with that it's just it's a weird phenomenon it it's ridiculous and we we need to do better all of us need to do better like ESPN the broadcast partners of the NFL you know that's one thing you never have to worry about here with the SB Nation NFL show we don't have to carry anybody's water we don't have any contracts with the NFL so guess what you're not going to see us doing that you're going to get the real story because I don't have to try and and cover this entity while also being business partners with them so look this is just one of many reasons why you should be following the SB Nation NFL show last thing on this note and um a shout out to Brown's Reddit I think they I, they were the first people I saw who highlighted this um obviously there have been and I know we're gonna move on but uh this is a big story in the NFL there um there have been a lot of reports and notes about Deshaun Watson specifically this week and it, again it was the Cleveland Browns subreddit that, that pointed out not a tweet from the Adam Schefter's, Ian Rappaport's, Mike Garofalo's, Tom Pelissero's, nothing. Yep. But, lo- but lots of tweets about the Aaron Donald contract extension. Lots of tweets about Cooper Cup's new deal. Lots of tweets about all those situations. And this is massive NFL news, but not a word, um, which is, you know, pretty shameful. Um, this is what we do. And, and we just, we skirt over it and we skirt around it with things like graphic, the graphic details that have come out in this story. We nobody repeats those on TV, right? Nobody, we we nope, we don't do that. We soften it, and and as a result of softening it, because you're worried about saying it on TV or whatever, you minimize it, and it becomes less serious than it actually was. And that we can't keep doing that. Like we have to stop doing that and face the reality of the situation. And we're just not in a place right now where most people are willing to do that. And I can't stand it. The third review, third and final one before we segue into our actual. Um sort of rundown, which doesn't exist, uh, comes to us from Lord Hades, uh, five-star rating titled Taking a Look Ahead. I know you're going to like this one, Stats. Stats and RJ. Shout out to this person, Stats. They put the periods in between the R and J. So few people do that. Nobody cares. Stats and RJ. I was idly wondering, not generally wondering, I was idly wondering who you thought would be this year's worst O-for-something team in 2022 and how many losses will they collect before winning their first game? For example, the 2000, in 2021, the Giants went 0-3 and the Jags went 0-5 before winning their first games. Thanks for all the great work on the SB Nation NFL shows. Wish there was more odd cast than shows where they give out meaningless awards. Wow. Uh, E-L-E-G-L-E-S. <laughs> Eagles. I read that because uh, I'm a company man, but my feelings are a little bit hurt. So um, I guess to slightly amend the question stats, who is the last team to win a game in the NFL this season? And how many losses do they have before they do so? Ooh, that is tough. I might go with the Carolina Panthers. I think that's where I'm going to settle. I think that they're terrible. They do play Cleveland right out of the gate, which Which we don't know the quarterback situation. Um, 
but I think I'll go with the Panthers, even though there's some winning, like the Giants, they play the Giants in week two. I just don't have any faith in Matt Rule and anybody there to get anything right. Like they just have inspired zero confidence whatsoever in me for years now. We're going to, when they first got hired, I was like all on board. I thought they were so smart. And turns out, no, they're not. And I was an idiot. They, um, they were like, uh, did you ever watch the show Silicon Valley? No. Then never mind. Uh, my answer, and it pains me greatly because of my dog, and they're my Madden franchise team. Uh, we're going to do a Madden episode, by the way, at some point, uh, Stats and I. Um, I hate that I still have the game, but I love football. But anyway, um, the Chicago Bears is my answer, Stats. Um, good answer. The, this is their – and my my guess is actually that they maybe get their first win week 10 or week 11. Uh, so but between wow. – you know, Well, check it out. So week one, they uh, have the San Francisco 49ers. So, like, obviously a potential easy dub right there, uh, given that you're going to be <laughs> – uh, So the 49ers to start, just quickly, win or loss, like generally speaking here. Loss. For the Bears. Okay. The Packers at, at Lambeau Field. Okay. The Texans in week three. We, we definitely think the Texans are better. Definitely. Mm, yeah, I guess. Okay, but like that's that's a, like a landmine to avoid here, like for this the purposes of this exercise. And then the Giants. So those are two little like, hey, maybe that happens. Maybe they, they they sneak out a win in week three or four. That game's in New York, by the way. Week five at Minnesota. Loss. Week six, the Commanders. Oh, I have no faith in Carson Wentz. I... Uh, but I have like, dude, who's on? Like, name me five Chicago Bears. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Lost. Okay. Um, week seven at New England. Loss. Week eight at the Super Bowl 57 champion Dallas Cowboys. Win. Uh, week nine, the Miami Dolphins. Oh, man, I can't wait to hear all about how in 1985 the Miami Dolphins saved oh, the perfect God, season. I know. <laughs> uh, but, um, okay, so uh, week nine, the Miami Dolphins. But week 10, the Chicago Bears host the Detroit Lions. And then week 11, this is, this is where the, the run will end. Week 10, they have Detroit at home. And then weeks 11 and 12, they're on the road against Atlanta and the Jets. So they'll get one of those. Yeah, but my point, I agree. Like, you know, like, you, and again, maybe they, they win the Giants or Texans or Commanders games, whatever. Maybe even the Dolphins game. But, like, I, that's the one. If I have to bank on one, it's the Bears. There's something like 0-9, 0-10 maybe. That's a good answer. And uh, Matt Eberflus did not inspire a ton of confidence by immediately getting penalized for having contact during OTAs. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, Stats. So, so the premise of this show, this particular episode of The Look Ahead, um, was going to be five questions for stats. But um, the reviews kind of went long. Um, so, and in the spirit of there being three reviews, I'm going to ask you three questions. Three questions I came up with that I want your answers for. They're related to storylines and plot lines in the NFL this season are... You ready? Bring it. My first one is not a part of the three, but my first one is what comes in a set of three that you really like. It can be anything in life. It can be in, like it can be like the number of lights at a stoplight. Like it, it can be anything that comes in a set of three that you think is cool or interesting or whatever. I have no <laughs> idea, man. At least give me time to think about that before the end of the episode. I would say um, uh, a nice meal. You get the appetizer, the main course, the dessert. Yeah, but not always. It's like that's why I said it. It's like, and like you, you can have a nice meal without like one of those uh, pieces. Yeah. But like generally speaking, like that's how we define a nice meal. And it's not a five course meal. That's too big. You know what I mean? But this is like a, I'm pretty hungry. Like I want the appetizer for the socialization aspect and element. Main course obviously got to have, and then dessert when we're all just kind of putting a nightcap on and maybe heading to actually have a nightcap before turning in for the evening. Really quick, if I had to, I would sacrifice a dessert for an appetizer. 
every time. Oh, 100%. Like, I don't think anybody disagrees with that. But, okay, answer the question. What comes in a set of three that you really like? And we also want to hear your answers, people. Uh, again, at Stats on Fire on Twitter and Instagram, at Joa on Twitter and Instagram. You're going to embarrass Stats with how many things you can think of that come in a set of three that he cannot come up with right now. I can't think of a single thing that comes in other than triplets. That's it. <laughs> uh, there's a great documentary, by the way, um, called uh, – hang on. Oh, this three, it's called Three Identical Strangers. I, I highly, highly, highly recommend this. I watched this at the beginning of COVID. Um, it is fascinating. It is about triplet brothers that were separated at birth and then kind of like come to know each other throughout life. It is fascinating. I watched it stats the same weekend that I started McMillions, just to put you in perspective of where I was mentally. All right. Get to the three wow. big questions. Wow. Okay. Um, what thing that happened this offseason, this specific offseason, has the chance to be the new trend-setting thing? So, like, your answer could be, you know, granted, we've kind of seen this before, but, like, it, the acceleration of franchise quarterbacks being on the move, maybe paying a big-time wide receiver, or maybe trading for a big-time wide receiver to pay one, like, or maybe even trading away one. Like, what becomes the most vogue thing that teams are looking to do and copy a year from now? I think it's going to be the Rams being willing to part with high draft picks repeatedly. I think that we went through a cycle in the NFL where it was like draft picks were so coveted because it was the rookie wage scale and it was that's your cheap labor, right? You can get them as much as you can. And everybody hoarded the draft picks. Trading down was universally praised. All you had to do was trade down to get more picks. And everybody said it was a great move, regardless of what picks you got or what you did with the picks. And then the Rams were like, F them picks. We're trading first rounders. We're going to go through all this. We're going to get proven players, and they want a Super Bowl. And that's the other part of it, RJ. I feel like in order to really get copied, you have to win a title. And the Rams did, and I think that you're going to see teams willing to part with first-round draft picks. I mean, we've already seen it. Like, how many teams don't have first-round picks next year? Already, Like, five, right? Something like that? The Rams among them. <laughs> like, you know? So, I, I think I would amend that slightly and say that I think what it's going to be is kind of what the Saints were going to do, but then, like, pooped all over themselves trying to do. <laughs> uh, like, acquiring multiple first-round picks in the name of making a different move. You know what I'm saying? Like, what we the, the moves we've seen the Rams execute involving their – like, have only involved their first-round picks, right? Like, they've never hoarded somebody else's first-round picks and then made this massive trade. And we've, we've heard that a lot. Like, sometimes, right, like – there's, you know, I'm making up a hypothetical, but there's a team who needs a quarterback, but seemingly doesn't have the ammunition required to get up to the top three or top five or whatever the case may be. That's kind of what happened again with New Orleans. We thought, well, that's what they're doing. They're they're getting these picks from Philly and the the Colts pick, obviously, so that they can jump up to get whatever. Um, so I think that's the move. I think the move is like cashing in on to use New Orleans as an example, although it is a poor one, like, okay, we're going to trade Mike Thomas for a first-round pick, and we're going to use that first-round pick and our first-round pick, and then we're going to move up to get something else. But, like, I think that it is – that's the evolution of the Rams, you know, situation because all they're doing, again, is just their first-round picks. That's the only thing. And I think the team in the best position to do it, and it hurts me to say, is probably the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, they own everybody's first-round picks. Yeah, like, yeah, or, or, <laughs> or maybe the Houston Texans. Like, back – like, and by the way, like, I, I don't want to go back to the Deshaun Watson thing, but I do want if I'll save my question, uh, but um, but I think the Philadelphia Eagles are in the best position. I think the handling of draft picks is changed just because of what the Rams have done. That's how it works in the NFL. Whoever wins the Super Bowl, that just becomes how do they do it? Okay, let's try and do it that way. 
mm-hmm. I don't, which I don't necessarily know is the best model, but that seems to be what happens. Um, okay, so this is not one of the, the questions, but it's a sub-question within this game. Um, being incredibly hypothetical, um, obviously people have suggested that Deshaun Watson should be suspended for multiple seasons or maybe even given a lifetime ban. You yourself right now said, right, he should never play in the NFL again. If we were to live in that hypothetical, talking about the football results of it, obviously the Browns are you know very pot committed at this point to Deshaun Watson. Do you think we would see some sort of lawsuit, um, especially, you know, the Houston Texans are being implicated in this matter now. Um, do you think we would see some sort of lawsuit? I don't know if it would be a lawsuit or like maybe a lawsuit in the court of the NFL where Cleveland tries to recoup the I mean, Houston has already spent part of the draft capital they received. But like, could you not see that as a development? Like, in the, uh, recoup? That's the that's the word. Like, recoup. Recoup. Like, recoup. The P is silent. The P is not definitely silent. Not in re- the not P is definitely this. silent. It's look. I no, am like I not? Coup. I might be thinking of. I might be thinking of coup d'état. That might be the word that's. Yes. that's <laughs> you're thinking of coup like what happened on January sixth, the attempted coup. A coup d'état. Yeah, exactly. I actually learned what that meant uh, because of Big Brother. Along. Okay, whatever. Is there any way that you see the like that's that's the next like evolution to the story in in the football sense right like the every, there's so many you know things that need to happen in the story like relative to morality but when it comes to the football and the football implications that is the evolution here right is that is that cleveland says you know what houston like look at houston they're involved in this lawsuit whatever they knew they didn't tell us they weren't forthcoming blah 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 despite our own super duper investigation they didn't tell us what we needed to know so they owe us our picks back do you think that that could seemingly happen again this is not one of my questions but i am just curious no, they, I don't think they have a, a leg to stand on in that argument. Like you knew everything that was going on before this happened. You said you investigated. You said you were comfortable with this. Now, all of a sudden you mm. want your picks back. I agree with you. That's the most Cleveland Browns thing of all time, right? You don't have a quarterback for years. <laughs> you finally get a quarterback who brings you back to the playoffs then you alienate that guy because you're chasing after Deshaun Watson, knowing full well he has all these legal problems. You win the sweepstakes. You acquire this quarterback who then cannot play for you, and now you're right back where you started, and you don't have a handful of first-round picks because you traded them all away. That's the most Browns thing of all time. To add to that, I mean, it seems very likely that at least for 2022, the Cleveland Browns are going to have to pay Deshaun Watson an enormous amount of money (laughs) to not show up and that they are going to miss. Like They are literally going to have only suffered losses, which good because the Browns made this bet, but they're going to have lost out on the draft capital this year. They're going to have lost out financially. They're going to hurt themselves in in their financial situation relative to their salary cap. They obviously burned the bridge with Baker Mayfield. Um, it It is amazing. Again, like, you know, I don't want to make light of the situation, but it is amazing the football chaos that that this has caused. And like Atlanta, like you know, we, we, people do talk about that, but like the the bridge that the Falcons burnt with Matt Ryan, who who saved them from a different controversy so long ago. You know, like it's just it really is fascinating. But um, okay, are you ready for my second question? Yes, I am. It's a two parter. Uh, we talk so much about when it comes to the awards season in the NFL, uh, things like MVP, that they're sometimes not necessarily truly representative or you know don't totally indicate you know the person who had the the most proper season for that specific award there is some narrative involved in awards and particularly a few of them and so my question to you stats is 
who is most set up? Like what story is best set up for a coach to win coach of the year? And the second part is similarly, who is most set up to win comeback player of the year? Because again, there are stories involved here um, that do change. Like I think a year ago, we would have said Dak Prescott was set up to win comeback player of the year. And he probably would have won it if they hadn't, you know, the Cowboys hadn't folded down the second half of the season. And if Joe Burrow hadn't also lit the season on fire. Um, So who was set up? with their story to win coach of the year and who was set up to win comeback player of the year. Ooh, okay. Let me look. Coach of the year is, is a pretty simple formula. It's a person that we don't, that most exceeds the expectations that we have set for them. Even if those expectations are wrong, it doesn't matter. All we do is look at who exceeded our preseason expectations the most. It's never like, unless you go undefeated. Like I think Bill Belichick has like two, coach of the year awards in his entire career like two or three which is absurd because he's been the best coach in the nfl for two decades but that's not how we look at it and i say all that to stall as i scan the teams um Um, okay so that you know i'll give you a little bit more time uh since 2000 since 2000 these are the coaches of the year jim Hazlitt for your new orleans saints dick geron man dick geron was people don't forget he was the first person to do the timeout at the final seconds like that was a dick geron mm-hmm. move uh but anyway dick geron um of the chicago bears at the time andy reed bill belichick did win it in 2003 the late marty schottenheimer in 2004 lovey smith sean payton his first season in new orleans bill belichick did win it in 2007 but again that was like a very amazing Patriots i got season. my answer uh, Bill Belichick has won it three times, just so we're clear. Uh, but, um, okay, who do you have? Doug Peterson. Mm. Number one, he's wrong. taken over for a complete dumpster fire of a situation. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Right? It's people, wrong, but that's fair. People like Doug Peterson, number two. Mm-hmm. Right? They He got a ton of love when the Eagles are winning their Super Bowl. He's this aggressive, new-age thinking guy. Like, they like Doug Peterson. And number three, the expectations for the Jags are so low if they win five or six games or even like seven, if they're 500, like Doug Peterson's going to get coach of the year, especially in the AFC. I totally think he is more set up than anybody to win it. Mm, I think you generally have to be a playoff team. Like, like you know, like you, you kind of have to be a, like that's the other piece of the formula that you left out. Like, yes, you have to over deliver on expectations, but you also, and, and so you either, I think it's one of two things for it, it's, three things technically, but one of them is, is a two-parter. So like you have to over deliver on expectations. That's fair. Or you have to be a very impressive first year coach. That's it. Like it's one, you have to be one of those two things and you generally have to make the playoffs again, moving backwards here, 2021, Mike Vrabel, 2020, Kevin Stefanski, 2019, John Harbaugh, 2018, Matt Nagy. That was the crazy bear season. 2017, Sean McVay, uh, the first season in LA, 2016 was Jason Garrett. But that is like what you just talked about, like over delivering on expectations, or you have to face some sort of like incredible adversity on your team. Like Jason Garrett that year, Tony Romo goes down to injury. Um, So that being said, I think the person who is in the best situation i think there are two candidates in the both in the nfc north i think dan campbell is really well liked you want to talk about like that factor he's really well liked and if like the lions could be a team like if they're if they're like fighting for a playoff spot in week 18 you know what i mean and they lose out because the uh, the thing they needed to happen didn't happen you know what i mean like i could see a lot of people giving him a lot of love or i think kevin o'connell I think Kevin O'Connell, because I think the Vikings could totally be a playoff team. And I think people would look at that and be like, he took over a team that was in this like disaster sort of state. I think he obviously could help boost Kirk Cousins. Like the formula is there for Kevin O'Connell to have to have the Kevin Stefanski sort of, you know, ride to coach of the year. That's fair. I totally agree with that. And I think that I, I think that Mike Zimmer was not 
really well liked at all. And I think who you're taking over is a part of this too. Sure. Um, okay, who is set up to win comeback player of the year? A couple of possibilities pop into my mind, but I think I have to go with Christian McCaffrey. I think it's going to be a running back. Stats. It's going to be Christian McCaffrey or maybe Derrick Henry because they're going to get opportunities. Like, And in order to win an award as a running so back, you embarrassing. What? What? Which quarterback are you picking? Well, make your dumb case and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. Because I think we want there is a movement to give awards to non quarterbacks because the MVP is the quarterback every single season. Like it, it's rare now, I feel like, where you're going to get MVP and offensive player of the year both going to a quarterback because people just we don't want to do that, right? We like to spread it around a little bit. So I think running back is a distinct possibility. Henry only played eight games last year. Christian McCaffrey's been banged up to all hell, and he is a really, really good player when he's healthy. So I think it's either Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry, probably Derrick Henry because the Titans will be a better team than the Panthers. I mean, this award is, is to be frank, much more dumb than Coach of the Year because Agreed. like, oftentimes people win this when they're not even coming back from an injury. It's just like, right. you know, you're coming back from sucking. You know, like that <laughs> that's what happens a lot here. Um, like, I think Phillip Rivers won it one year, you know, yes. for that reason. But like, you do have the Alex Smiths of the world, right? Like where they're coming back from some, some incredible, incredibly gruesome injury. Um, I, I just don't think either of them will do enough to like warrant that. Um, you know, like, I, and I, th I think you have to like, if, if you're not a quarterback, because if, if you're a quarterback, it's kind of easy. You just have to have a great story. Um, but And you have to be coming back from, like, a big-time injury. But if you're a running back, like, you have to, like, lead the league in something. And I just don't – I mean, Derrick Henry obviously has a chance. I don't think Christian McCaffrey has that chance at all. Um, and Derrick Henry's, like, a little too well-known. Because it is sort of like a how do we give an award to somebody who doesn't get a lot of love type of thing? You know what I mean? Mm. And Derrick Henry gets a lot of love a lot. No, they give it to big-name people. I think you're I think you're wrong on that one. I do have a quarterback um, listed, and the quarterback I'm going to mention, I want, I would like to see if you can guess it, has really had um, a lot of national favor for him build up over the last couple of years. Since joining his, this is his second team in his NFL career, former first round pick, um, and kind of slept on, has potential, uh, but doesn't ever really truly realize it, uh, and was injured last season. You have 10 seconds to guess who I'm talking about. Nine. Eight, seven, six, five, four. I don't know. Three, who is it? Two, one. Ah. Jameis Winston. Jameis yeah. Winston. And like, and like, if the Saints are somewhat competitive, he, like, in all likelihood, he will be like the most redeeming thing on that team, right? Like, cause no, like, Dennis Allen isn't winning coach of the year, right? Like, it will be like, Jameis is like the face for that that team's success this year, and so you could kind of like they're 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 not like a big time team, but they're like a, a you know relatively big team. Like they'll be on, in prime time. Like he'll he'll probably have if he's successful like a lot of yards and touchdowns. Obviously, have a lot of interceptions, but like the form <laughs> the the path is there for Jameis Winston. Yes, he's definitely set up. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of people that want to jump on board the Jameis Winston train all of a sudden since coming to the Saints. I don't really understand why, but yes, I agree. He is definitely definitely set up to win comeback player of the year for sure we do weird stuff with this award i don't think joe burrow should have won the award last year i'll say forever it should have been nick bosa it's absurd that nick bosa oh didn't God. win the award absolutely absurd that joe burrow won it how about chad pennington winning it twice in three years <laughs> um yeah i mean but again like that's what speaks to the like hilarity of the award and then like what's dumb and we talk about this when we come to that point in the year but like you know 
it's dumb when, how the NFL like splits things up. They're like, well, you know, we'll give this guy, you know, comeback player of the year because he's not going to win MVP. You know, like it's like it's no, like it should just like award the things for what they deserve. It's it's very simple process. It's um, weird because like sometimes they award it to a guy like Chad Pennington, whose basically arm was destroyed and mm-hmm. he won the award or Teddy Bruschi, who had a stroke and came back and played like that's amazing. And then sometimes, like you said, we just give it to people who come back from sucking. And it's like, how could both of these standards for the same award exist? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year, at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, are you ready for my third and final question? Yes. Um, you know, there are a lot of, like, nationally agreed upon things that sometimes you and I don't agree with, right? Like, a lot of, like, for instance, like, every year there's, like, a team that people are kind of high on. Like, you know, this is not, like, the the way people, like, jump on the Jaguars train or the Browns train a couple of years ago. But, like, everybody loves the Chargers, right? Like, I've made my case on that i'm not here to relitigate that but like there are there are very popular opinions that the national football consensus seems to share um sometimes again we do agree sometimes we disagree with them but talking about the national opinions the national flavor stats what has a chance to be like what has the highest chance to be wrong and that can be like either way like maybe national consensus is low on a team and then like that that team winds up being very good or the opposite or maybe national consensus thinks like one player is going to be amazing and in all likelihood they're probably not going to be so what is what is the nas- what what is the national consensus most likely to be wrong about <sighs> that's yeah, a good I, I showed i showed up today to do some work i'm yeah <laughs> the national consensus that has the biggest chance to be wrong I'm I'm my brain is like being pulled to the AFC West because we've had such an influx of talent there. Yeah, it's like all oh, those teams are going to the playoffs. They're all yeah. winning 12 games. Yeah, for sure. I think the national consensus with the best chance to be wrong is that the Broncos are a playoff team. That Russell Wilson automatically elevates the Broncos to top of the AFC status or even in contention for that because honestly, I'm not sure that he does. Number one, because 
even though I think Russell Wilson is really good, I don't know if he's as good as he used to be. And number two, the rest of the AFC is so freaking good. I don't know that I, that I, you know, automatically vault the Broncos to that level. The Chiefs are much better than the Broncos. I think the Chargers are much better than the Broncos. The Bills unquestionably are much better than the Broncos. If the Ravens have any semblance of health whatsoever, I think the Ravens are better than the Broncos. So that already puts them at what, five or six in the AFC at best? So I think I'm going to go there. I don't think you're wrong. I mean... The Broncos' love is outrageous. Um, I think <laughs> I still think that the Chargers' love is more outrageous. Um, oh, I know. I mean, whatever. I'm, again, I'm not going to relitigate that. But, um, but yeah, like people act like, well, they got Russell Wilson, who was fine last year, but not like he's not like a top five quarterback at this point. You know what I mean? Like, and people like act like he is, um, and they they have a rookie head coach. You know, <laughs> like that that is a relevant factor. They also play in an incredibly tough division. Um, so I think that's fair. I I think I thought you were going to say like again that maybe the consensus, but the highest chance to be wrong was that the, the whole division will be amazing. Like I could I could very easily see like the Broncos disappointed at your point, and then like the Chargers or Raiders disappointing, and then it's just like you have two teams with double digit wins and two teams with like seven or eight wins like that. You know what I mean? Like the hype around the division as a whole is pretty sick. I mean so. That's a good answer. But. There's going to be one AFC West team that ends up with a record around 500. But when you go back and look at the games, they're all going to be like one score games that ended up being decided in like the final two minutes. There there has to be because I just feel like everybody is really, really good. There's going to be one team that looks worse than they are. I agree. Um, so I thought about answering my own question with the Indianapolis Colts because the love for them is just you know, I've done my best to counterbalance that. You know what I mean? Like, I think we can we can all agree that RJ has, has put his money where his mouth is when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts. But I'm actually going uh, with a team that the Indianapolis Colts beat in a surprising fashion last year. Stats. Um, I think we have gone too far with criticism for the Arizona Cardinals. Now, don't get me wrong. They deserve their fair share of criticism. All right, like, I am not here to stand for the Cardinals. I think it's amazing that PFF's head coach rankings this week had Cliff Kingsbury number Good four. Good God. Uh, like, I don't care what your evaluation method is. Like, if Cliff Kingsbury winds up number four, you have to recheck it's what wrong. you're doing there. Um, <laughs> but, so, again, like, it kind of like how I told you uh, we talked about the literalness of the word underrated on the NFC East. Like, I do think the Cardinals have now become underrated a little bit because we have treated them like they're like a bottom 10 team. I don't think they're a bottom 10 team. I don't think they're a top 10 team, but I think they're closer to like 11th or 12th, uh, you know, than they are to like 21st or 22nd. Um, and so, or excuse me, uh, 18th or 19th. And so this is the Cardinals schedule. So just like, again, briefly, brief fun exercise, just win or loss. Kansas City. Loss. Okay. Vegas, that's a toss-up, right? Like, kind of push, right? No, I'm going to put... I think Vegas is better. Um, okay, well, I'd say push. The Rams. Loss. Okay, fine. You've got them starting 0-3. At Carolina. Probably a win. They could definitely beat Philly in Week 5. Mm, it is in, It know. is in no way like this. Oh, pfft, Philly for sure. Like It is definitely a coin flip game. I would be more surprised if Philly lost than I would be if the Cardinals lost. I disagree. At Seattle... They get two games against the crummy Seahawks. Yeah, they'll win that game. Okay, so let's. I'm giving them the Philly game because you wouldn't give them the Ra- the Raiders game. So that's three wins. New Orleans, who you're never high on. Yeah, can both teams lose? Okay, so that that's four. 
at Minnesota, who, I mean, again, Minnesota can go down one of two roads this season, but like one equally possible road is that they're just really bad, right? Like, but you know, I'm fine giving them a loss there if you want to. So that's four Seattle again, that's five. Um, um, And then at LA and San Francisco and back to back weeks, say, say they push those. Yep. Okay. So that's six wins. Then they've got the chargers. You're going to take the chargers. They've got new, they've got new England after the bye. So fine. Uh, That's a loss. Although I don't know that that's a loss. That's at home. I mean, like, I'll take Bill Belichick over Cliff Kingsbury a thousand times. It's not about Bill Belichick versus Cliff Kingsbury. In, of course in totality. It is. No, it's like to some degree it's about Mac Jones versus Kyler Murray. But you're right. Like if there is like a trump card, it's Bill Belichick, obviously. Um, at Denver? The Broncos should win that. Okay. Uh, no, I disagree. You just hated on the Broncos. How can you say that? Like, I mean, it's – and then Tampa Bay at Atlanta. They're beating Atlanta at the very least, right? And then San Francisco to end. Like, there's somewhere around, like, I think seven to ten wins. Like, it's a wide range. Don't get me wrong. Like, they they could wind up seven and ten or ten and seven. Anywhere in that mix. But, like, they could very easily have double-digit wins. Like, if some of these games that you're like, oh, for sure, the you know, like, they're not going to get swept by the Rams and the 49ers. I'm sorry. Like, fine. They'll get swept by the 49ers. They won't get swept by the Rams. There you go. Just feel better about yourself. I mean, why? Like, Why? Because they are a functionally adequate football team. They're not – like, they were very, very, very bad at the end of last season. But Kyler Murray remains electrifying. I mean, how many like how many games is in this stretch is Kyler Murray the worst quarterback in, in the game? Here's Obviously, the problem, he, though. Kyler is so small, he gets knocked around, and by the end of the season, he cannot hold up. They I agree with you. Worse but just the longer the, the season goes. If the season is, was 25 weeks, they'd never win a game. This is very, 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 very quickly here. Um, but I would like you to tell me who has the quarterback advantage in the games, Arizona or the opponent. So Kansas City, obviously the Chiefs. Chiefs. The Raiders. The Raiders. I don't know. Uh, the Rams? Eh. Stafford. I mean, again, those are kind of like pushes. But the Panthers, the Eagles, the Seahawks, the Saints all belong to the Cardinals. Uh, the Eagles, I'm not sure about. Oh, dude, really I am not. so sure about that. Uh, the Vikings, I would give to Kirk. The, the Seahawks, we would give back to definitely uh, the Cardinals, right? Uh, then the Rams, and I, I'm sorry, stats right now. I got to give it to Kyler over Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, if we're talking just the quarterback matchup, which I realize definitely. is definitely, uh, definitely <laughs> over Jimmy Garoppolo, and Lance is an unknown right now, so you have right. to give it to Kyler. I would, so I would give it to Kyler. The Chargers, everyone's going to take Justin Herbert, Mac mm-hmm. Jones, I would take Kyler, right? Denver, we're both a little low on Russell. Like, that's a coin flip proposition. Russell at the very Kyler. I do think, I think he is too, but like, we're talking, that is December 18th. Like, what, are the, what, are the, like, that so much depends on what the Broncos become. You know what I mean? Like, again, depending on how the season shakes out. But fine, I'll give it to Russell. Tom Brady, obviously, Atlanta and San Francisco to end it. Like, they have the quarterback advantage in a majority of games. And that's an important thing. Is it everything? No, but it's an important thing. So I think my team that I think has the highest chance to like prove us wrong, so to speak, is the Cardinals. I think that Cliff Kingsbury is not a good head coach. I think the Cardinals get worse as the season goes along. And those PFF rankings are absolutely absurd. To have Cliff Kingsbury ahead of Sean McVay is absurd. It is absurd. Forget Kyle Shanahan. Like, I'm not even – I'm taking my own team out of this equation. They have him ahead of – Well, they have him ahead of – The only people they had ahead of him were uh, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, and – I don't even know. They didn't have Mike Tomlin in the top 10. They didn't have Sean McDermott in the top 10 of that list. And like, I know that their whole thing is like, oh, well, this is head coach rankings with an average roster. Here's the thing. 
the longer the season goes for the Cardinals, when guys get injured and you're most likely having to play, not the superstars, but NFL average people, the Cardinals get worse. They go in the tank. So there's, there's no explanation. Like you said it best. I don't know what your ranking system is, whatever you want it to be. But when Cliff Kingsbury comes out four, you got to throw it in the trash and start over. Uh, a shout out to me for three super intriguing and thoughtful questions that generated a lot of discussion. Now, stats, you have to ask me a question that is relative to storylines and plotlines in the NFL this season. Your questions were good. <laughs> but I want to ask you, who is the Justin Herbert of 2022 Trevor like Lawrence the, really yeah you think I, okay, so, but like so, like to me I, I granted I didn't let you finish but I, like it involves some like not coming out of nowhere but like this high pedigree like you know hi, highly touted prospect that you know was in a weird situation that just again not comes out of nowhere but that like storms onto the scene Trevor Lawrence is set up for that I think Trevor Lawrence is also low-key set up for comeback player of the year we didn't talk about him there uh but you know that that could be an example of like coming back from like a dumb thing but granted the dumb thing that. was <laughs> well it's true like it's possible yeah. you know what I mean but like it, it would be silly relative to even like Jameis would have a better case I know that that upsets you but it's true um but I think it's Trevor Lawrence like who maybe like maybe Daniel Jones, if you believe in the Brian Dable bump, like, I mean, uh, but he's not as young. You know what I mean? Like, I think Trevor Lawrence is the answer. Yeah. You, part of this is young. You need a young, like you can't right. pick Matt Ryan. That's not, right. that's not going to work. Um, would you, would you put Lamar on that list or do you think no? No, nah, I don't think he qualifies. I think okay. the other example too, um, that I, and some would argue this is maybe the more likely one um is mac jones right like if if mac really did like you know grind out over the offseason and if he develops if he takes the next step individually like holy crap welcome back patriots you know what i mean like and he, he was serviceable he was really good last year but like if he turns into an elite passer like i could totally see that i, I mean you know and that that changes the dynamic of the afc that like you when you laid out the like afc contenders i know you said you were taking bill belichick over the cliff kingsbury but like when we do that exercise we're like oh well the afc west the ravens the bills you know the Bengals, whatever like nobody throws the patriots in there but if mac jones takes a step holy crap I just don't think the the roster around Mac is that great. Like the Patriots' offensive skill players are not bad. Wow! But they're not. A year ago, great. you were in love with Kendrick Bourne, and now it's like they don't have anybody good. First of all, that's not like. Did you literally not hear what I just said? I literally <laughs> just said they aren't bad. And by the way, you admitted to me that I was right about Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, so I know. And now it. you're disagreeing with yourself. I I think a buy low candidate. This isn't a fantasy show, but a, a buy. I and I, I traded for him in my dynasty league. Um, Devonte Parker. Like he could, yeah. he could have this this huge bump of like, uh, and and he could get like, I don't think there was like a bitter end, you know, between him and the Dolphins, but like he could get the last laugh, so to speak, you know, like, pff, you know, all right, great, <laughs> like you got Tyreek, but you got Tua, you know what I mean? Like I, I just got, <laughs> I, I have King Mac now, you know, like Mac Jones took the leap, took the next step, and I'm here in New England, like winning ways, winning culture, etc. Let me just say this: Are we sure Mac Jones is going to be good without Josh McDaniels? Like, are we um, sure that Matt Patricia is going to be able to get the best out of Mac Jones? No, I don't think people are paying enough attention to that. I really don't. No, we're not sure. But I would bet on that more like more than I because of Bill Belichick's presence. than I would bet on Trevor Lawrence with Doug Peterson, who has done it before. Right. Like, I know nobody wants to give Doug Peterson credit for like anything Nick Foles did or even Carson Wentz. is like, oh, Frank Reich. Frank Reich was there. They're best friends. I know they're, you know, he's got Nick Foles back. <laughs> but um, I, I would be, like. Because of the presence of Bill Belichick, it is this trump card. I would bet on Mac. If it was 
you know, Matt Patricia, if it was Greg Williams on the offensive side of the ball, if it was Rob Stats Guerrero, Bill Belichick's presence changes the game. I would be a fascinating offensive coordinator. I'm just telling you right now. How what would you wear? Him. Would you go? Would you go polo? Would you go like half zip hoodie, uh, cap visor? Like, what's your what's your game day attire if you're a coach on the sidelines? I would go with some sort of like windbreaker type thing with like the like the Belichick length sleeves would be my go to. Now I would go half zip. I don't think see when when you say windbreaker, I'm thinking full zip. Would you go a full zip thing? No, half zip. Or yeah, because zip. the full zip, if you had it open, it would flap around. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't no want good. that. There's a, a wind tunnel effect down that low. Also, when you have it zipped, sometimes it can like have this like pocket that that poofs out. You know what I mean? Like because of the jacket type. Like you got to go half zip or hoodie. You know, that's that's the way to go. Um, and I think just cap. I don't want a visor. You know what I mean? Like I'm not Nick Sirianni here um, with my stupid highlighter thing. Like, um, agreed. Oh, you know what's that? I have one last question for you. That uh, I've, right. I've I've mentioned the NFC's mixtape several times uh, on the episode that we have in the can, so people will hopefully hear this um, next week. Um, we played a game where we said if you could ask anybody, actually no, this was the episode, I'm so lost with episodes. This was the episode that just came out this past week. We played a game. If you could inject anybody in the NFC East with truth serum and ask them a question. Who would it be and what would you ask? So they like have to be completely honest and authentic with you and your answer. So you can that's your question, but the whole NFL, not just the NFC East. If I could inject anybody? Yeah, BLG had an awesome question for Jerry Jones. Um, he said he would ask him, what would you rather have? The Cowboys double in value and you never win the Super Bowl again or like decrease significantly in value, but you'd be guaranteed the Super Bowl. See, I feel like I know the answer to that question. I know it's that the Cowboys double in value because he's proven it over all this time. People do what's important to them. They will show you what's important to them. And the Cowboys haven't made an NFC title game since 1995, but they're always number one in the Forbes estimated value thing. So okay, clearly so, uh, we who's, know. Who's your person that you're injecting with truth? And by the way, it's a very um, like soft process. It isn't like a an aggressive process to inject them with the truth. There's no there's no pain involved. So just, you know, we don't want to hurt anybody. But, you know, uh, see, that that's the problem is that I feel like I already know the answers to all the questions, even if people won't admit them. Well, like, you get confirmation. You get it on the Tom record. Brady said yesterday, essentially, Tom Brady did not deny any of the Dolphins rumors yesterday when he got the chance to speak. He he basically admitted, yeah, they talked about it and it was a thing. And if the Brian Flores lawsuit didn't happen, he probably would be a Dolphin right now. Mike McDaniel would probably still be in San Francisco. Like the, the dominoes to that are crazy. So I don't know that there is a question. You know what? I would I would inject Kyle Shanahan with truth serum. And I would say, is it true? Because it's long been rumored. Is it true that a group of veteran players came to you in the beginning of the year last year and said, stop inserting Trey Lance into the game because you're undermining Jimmy Garoppolo's leadership? That's a good answer. It's selfish, but I get it. You know what I mean? You get one vial of truth serum. You want to spend it wisely. Um, so what do you think the answer is? Yes, 100%. Mm. I think it absolutely happened. Uh, I think I'm not the only one that thinks so. And I think that if you just look at what took place there, it's it stopped like hard stop. And I think the reason was Kyle didn't want to lose the locker room. My question uh, or my truth serum would be applied to Aaron Rodgers. And I would say, what changed your mind? Like, we, we have, like, lots of thoughts on what we think the answer is. But, like, was it, you know, was it the money? Was it, 
you know, did you doubt yourself and your ability to leave? Like, was it, you know, you know, whatever. Like, I, I would like to know his real, authentic, authentic, honest answer. That's a really good one because, yeah, it seems to have taken a, a 180 there. I mean, he literally wanted out at the draft. Uh, if the Packers were willing to trade him, he would have been on the 49ers because the 49ers inquired about that. And and I think that people say like, well, the answer is money, but like, well, the Broncos would have paid him. You know what I mean? Like, I think right. the answer yeah. and anybody would have paid him. I in no way like am making fun of Aaron for this. I think the answer is he doubted himself, right? Like he he doubted the ability to leave and have immediate success. And granted, we've seen it happen literally the last two years with Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady. But like, those are extreme exceptions. And like, there was so much luck involved. You know, shout out to Jaquiski Tarp. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there was so much um, that that like happened to like have the stories sound like they were worth pursuing um i think there's you know i think it, the answer is probably some combination of the money he doubted himself and i think there's more call it worth towards being an all like an all-time pure only green bay packer than there is to something else like i know peyton manning like hates the colts but i i think a part of him probably wishes he only played for one nfl team like peyton manning is like an nfl purist you know what i mean like i I believe on some level it bothers Peyton that on his like Hall of Fame bust placard, it has two teams. He's like, man, it would be so much cleaner if it only had one. I don't think so. I think Peyton is in the business of Peyton and for Peyton. And he was always about doing what was best for him. Like his contract negotiation philosophy was always, it's not my job to navigate your salary cap. It's my job to get as much money for me as possible. And he always did. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying to your specific point, I don't think so. And I don't think that playing with one team anymore i don't think it matters like we're we're past that era the I, only reason that I was ever a thing is because they didn't let you change teams i know no I, free agency i don't think it matters but it's cool you know like it is a cool thing like you know again i'm not saying there's any like worth to that but it, it's just it's cool you know like it, it is a cool thing i think you know it's cool that kobe only played for one team it's cool that you know uh I guess, you know, but see, like, it bothers me that, like, you can't even say that about Steve Young. You know what I mean? It's cool that Troy Aikman only played for one team. Like, it Steve bothers me. Oh, actually, I guess I That's, forgot about the Bucks. Wow. You forgot. Oh, my gosh. How embarrassing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I forgot oh, about the completely oh irrelevant gosh. chapter of his career. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my yes, gosh. Yes, I did. How embarrassing. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it bothers me that Emmett Smith played for the Cardinals. You know what I mean? Like that. Why? that bums me Who out. cares? Well, I'm a fan. I have weird rules. You know what I mean? Like that's the whole point of being a fan. It's like there are things that I like and don't like that affect me, and that's why I love the sport. And you know, it runs my life. So yeah. You are a strange, strange bird, and you have my pity. That's going to do it for this edition of the SB Nation NFL Show. Again, please rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL Show, like we showed you. You take the time to leave a review. We will take the time to read it. RJ. Thank you very much for sitting down with me once again. I hope I get the chance to do this again with you soon. Everybody, make sure to tweet at Stats and I at Stats on Fire at RJ Ochoa, your favorite thing that comes in a set of three. We want to hear your answers, please. Because Stats couldn't come up with one. It's embarrassing. Tennis balls. There you go. Enjoy your Friday, everybody. (laughs) 